Hello, everyone. We begin to wind down the first season of the Behind the Mic podcast today with episode eight. We appreciate social media following that we have gathered. Want to encourage you to follow us so on Twitter, BTM Podcast underscore Alex, and Facebook, BTM Podcast Alex. Be sure to tune in the next week when I talk to the PA voice of the Maryland Terrapins, Matt Noble. My guest today has made quite the mark in the public address announcing industry. She currently serves as the PA voice of the Ohio State Buckeyes women's basketball program and even held the PA chair for the NCAA Women's Final Four for six seasons between 2014 and 2019, Molly Haynes. Molly, thank you so much for being on the show. Thanks. Appreciate you having me on, Alex. You start with the Ohio women's basketball team in 86 on that list you sent me, and thank you so much for doing so. At that point, was this already something you had in mind doing long-term, or were you at that point just testing the waters of such a job and it just happened to turn into what it is today? Yeah, that's a good question. So I majored, I went to Ohio University. A lot of people get Ohio University and Ohio State mixed up. I think if you're from not the Midwest, you, you may confuse those two, but they are two separate universities. Ohio University was actually Ohio's first university, but I went to OU um, and majored in broadcast journalism, and I applied for a work-study program. I'm not sure if it's still around anymore, but it was called the PACE, P-A-C-E, work-study program. And part of the work-study program were the jobs were uh, related to your major. So you had to apply like a job. Um, basically, you looked at the listings, you filled out an application, had an interview, uh, did all those wonderful things. So I saw a public address announcer, and I thought, well, that's interesting. Um, I like to talk, and I like sports, so I'll give it a whirl. And it actually was for volleyball and softball, no basketball. So I did my first season. And I, got, I got the job, and I did my first season uh, for volleyball. And then the associate athletic director, Dr. Peggy Pruitt, who was at OU for a long, long time, uh, pulled me into her office and said, hey, um, how do you feel about announcing basketball? And I, because it wasn't part of the original plan, I said, yeah, that'd be great. So that's how it all started as a work-study program. So for all my years at OU, I announced volleyball, basketball, and softball. You then pick up the role of announcing the Ohio High School Girls Basketball State Tournament. How were you able to acquire such a gig, and what has that experience been like for you comparing and contrasting your time at the collegiate level? So that's also an interesting story. I was approached by an official. His name was Russ Pitts. He was from the Mansfield, Ohio area. And he came over to me after one of the games and said, hey, would you be interested in announcing for the Ohio High School Athletic Association Girls State High School Tournament we as officials were told as we were, you know, going around to different arenas and different games that if we thought we saw somebody that might do a good job uh, for us to reach out and then we would contact the OHSAA. So that's exactly what they did. So the um, 
OHSAA, uh, they came down and heard me announce uh, at a game and uh, interviewed me and I got the position. And the funny thing is my counterpart for the tournament uh, was Wendy Craver, who was the um, public address announcer for the Ohio State women's basketball team, as well as the NCAA women's final four. So we partnered together and I got connected with Wendy and that's how I kind of rolled into Ohio State. I started doing Ohio State volleyball and then uh, started um, you know, working with the basketball team and then Wendy eventually retired and I took over for her. So um, yeah, so it was uh, kind of an interesting um, matter, matter of events there. It's definitely safe to say that we haven't even gotten towards this more recent portion of your career and you've already experienced quite a bit of versatility. How have you seen that come to the forefront and just how do you see the aspect of versatility in general uh, for a public address announcer in terms of wanting to potentially advance their career? Well, from the women's game, you know, I've, I've announced for so long that, you know, there was a time when there wasn't a three-point shot, you know, in high school. There wasn't, um, you know, I mean, there's still not shot clocks for girls high school in Ohio. It varies from state to state. But just the, the pace of the game has changed. Um, the talent has changed. The athleticism has changed. Um, you know, there, there unfortunately are not a whole lot of women PA announcers. Um, I have um, befriended several uh, women PA announcers uh, that do their thing across the country. Um, but really, I think if I had to give advice to anybody out there that would like to get involved with being a public address announcer is, um, you know, just um, get involved at any level and never turn down a gig. Um, you know, if you want to, if you're in high school and you're doing PA announcing and you want to break into the collegiate ranks, um, you know, take a look at different divisions, you know, one, two, and three. Um, take a look at different sporting events, you know, put your name out there, volunteer. Sometimes you have to do things uh, unpaid. Um, my first gig at the, uh, the American Basketball League, the ABL for the Columbus Quest, my first year, I didn't get paid. Um, but I wanted to be involved with a professional atmosphere. And, you know, I knew that it would be an awesome opportunity. And I didn't get paid and I didn't care because I knew it would be an awesome experience. So sometimes you have to look at the big picture and realize that, you know, maybe if you do volunteer uh, at a particular time, it could lead to meeting people and it also could lead to opportunities uh, for you in the future. So just keep on keeping on and, and, you know, network and don't turn down a gig and get your name out there. You briefly mentioned networking there. How have you seen that come to the forefront in terms of how critical it can be to maybe not immediately guarantee an advancement in public address announcing, but at least have the right connections to potentially get to that point? Yeah, you know, just network. It's so easy now compared to what it was in, you know, 1986. I mean, I'm not a dinosaur, but it's, I kind of am, I guess, if, if you want to look at how many years I've announced. But you know, with social media and what you're doing, you know, behind the mic and podcasts and LinkedIn and 
this group on Facebook that I was introduced to, you know, the public announcing, address announcing group on Facebook. I mean, you know, these things never existed. So it's amazing to be able to connect to people from all across the country, different countries, uh, through the internet. And it's, it's fabulous. So I definitely think that, um, you know, with the internet and all the different social media groups and things, it's just a lot easier to meet people and stay connected. Of course, we can't have this episode without talking about your role with the Women's Final Four. Uh, what, how do you get such a gig? I know I mentioned that question earlier with your other role, but how do you get a gig such as this one? And kind of a double question, if you don't mind, how have you seen the women's final four, women's basketball in general grow since you've been in that PA chair from 14 to 19? Yeah. So interesting story again, um, how I, I, uh, got the gig at the final four is uh one of the people that i worked with at ohio state uh, her name was carrie she was a game management uh person and uh, she left and went somewhere and she ended up at the ncaa so um they she reached out to me i'll never forget uh, my face when she left me a voicemail um she said, hey, this is Carrie. I worked with you at Ohio State. I don't remember if you, you know, if you know me or if you remember me, but we're looking to change things up at the NCAA Final Four, and we'd like to know if you would like to announce the, the Final Four. So unbeknownst to me, um, she had reached out to Ohio State and had gotten a couple tapes from me and had submitted them to the committee. So I didn't know anything about it and uh, was very blessed when she reached out to me. And um, my first year was 2014 and that was in Nashville, Tennessee. So uh, that was very exciting. And, um, you know, I had an aha moment. I'm sitting there at the table and um, I, I looked up and said, this is incredible that I'm doing this. This is like a out of body experience the athletes coming to the table and, you know, it's, it's me. Right. And it was just, uh, it was very exciting, but you know, the, the pace of the game, the athleticism, um, you know, I am, am fortunate enough to probably have seen some of the best um, women's basketball games uh, in the history of the NCAA, you know, Columbus, Ohio, my hometown, 2018, um, one of the best final fours I've, been a part of and, and watched, but, you know, to, to have uh, two games go into um, overtime and, and almost have the final game go into overtime, last second shots by Enrique Agumbawale. I know you're a Notre Dame fan, so I know how to say that name, um, but man, um, whew, that, was, uh, that was, that was really, really exciting, and, and Columbus did such a great job, and wow, was it just, uh, a wonderful final four. Um, and then, um, you know, the next year in, in Tampa, you know, it was, uh, it was a great game. Um, Baylor ended up uh, winning that. Um, but, you know, back in, um, you know, two, I think it was 2017 in Dallas when Mississippi State, um, you know, uh, beat UConn. I mean, I've just seen some, some awesome, wonderful women's basketball. And it's absolutely a lot more parity in women's basketball now, and it's so exciting 
uh, to be a part of it. So I kind of decided after six years, um, just with my job and travel and everything, uh, just to kind of pull back the reins a little bit and give up my commitment. And I also gave up my commitment for the Ohio High School Tournament. So I'm just, I'm just a, a Buckeye announcer now. I'm just doing Ohio State and I'll do that, you know, until I, I'm not sure how long I'll do it until I, um, you know, enjoy it and the people keep coming to the stands and it's, it's, it's exciting. Um, so that's kind of, that's kind of my story. Let's talk about another aspect of announcing that I think all announcers at all levels can agree is important and that's preparation. Looking, let's say specifically at an Ohio State women's basketball game, what does a game day preparation look like for you and what kind of people are you dealing with in that process of preparing for a game? Well, I am the ultimate over-preparer, um, especially at the Final Four. Um, you know, I do a lot of research ahead of time. Um, speaking for Ohio State, you know, what I do is probably three or four days uh, prior to the game. Um, the first thing I do is I go to the visiting school's website. I take a look at um, you know, some of their, um, you know, data that's on there. Sometimes they have pronunciation guides, sometimes they don't. I take a look at starting lineups and, you know, who the top scorers are, uh, just to kind of be familiar with what the flow of the game's going to be. Um, and if, if there are no pronunciations, which unfortunately some sites, um, there's not, then I have no qualms, um, doing some research and reaching out to a associate uh, SID or somebody affiliated with the basketball program to email them and say, hey, I'm the PA announcer for your game at Ohio State. Um, you know, I would like to know if you have any pronunciation information you can send me and uh, no qualms about reaching out. Um, I always like to over prepare. I always get my uh, announcements emailed to me ahead of time. So I'm able to take a look and see um, what announcements I'm going to be announcing, what's happening at halftime, what's happening at all the timeouts, are there any special promotions going on, you know, National Girl and Women in Sports Day, Buckeye Alumni, whatever the case may be. And I always um, take a look to see um, what the game's going to be like. Um, one of the other things I do, too, and this is kind of a nice recommendation if you're able to do it but a lot of the PA announcements that I do pre-game are the same every game and so I worked with game management to actually go in and pre-record those so um, all of the uh, pre-game announcements you know the emergency exits the Coca-Cola is a big sponsor you know all of the program announcements all those announcements that are read every single game um, I pre-recorded them and it's just a lot easier for me to be able to have more time to prep for the actual game and getting pronunciations and getting the lineups and everything done um, than you know reading um, an announcement you know 15 million times a season so um, if you have the ability to be able to pre-record some of those um, pre-game you know uh, announcements, then I definitely would recommend that if you have the capability to do that. Then talking about the preparation for women's Final Four games, because that's 
an, its own spectacle, if you will. How much different is that? And kind of a twofold question again, how do you kind of contain your excitement for such a great game while always trying to maintain professionalism as an announcer? Well, to answer your first question, um, it's very similar to what I would do for Ohio State, but what differs is, you know, you have more teams um, that you need to prepare for. So I, um, I bring on my own stuff. I, I, I make my own rosters um, the way I like them. I, um, you know, pre-fill uh, in a tentative starting lineup that I think uh, is going to be in place. So I do all that stuff ahead of time. I bring all of the pronunciation guys and all the team, you know, information to, uh, with me to the final four. And then um, what I also do normally too is I will reach out to the SID of each team and introduce myself via email and congratulate them on making the final four and ask them if there's any tough names or any particular uh, idiosyncrasies or anything I need to know. You know, some some players want to be known as a nickname, and I'm fine with that. Um, and so, hey, any nicknames? Um, yeah, this girl goes by Coco. Great. That's that's awesome, you know. So I really try to make it personal. So your second question, what was your second question? Uh, containing how you contain excitement for such a big spectacle like the Women's Final Four while also maintaining professionalism. Yeah, so, um, you know, you just have to be professional and you have to be, you know, excited for both teams. You have to be very neutral. Um, so I really make it a point. And, you know, in Columbus, it was interesting because at that time, Ohio State was doing very well, well, for, at first. And somebody said, well, what are you going to do if the Buckeyes are in the Final Four? And I said, well, you know, I'm going to treat the Buckeyes as I would any other team. It's going to be uh, the same level of excitement and enthusiasm for, um, for each team. Um, you know, and it's funny, uh, too, you know, especially, you know, when I'm announcing Ohio State, you know, there might be a call or something on the, on the, on the court that, you know, between you and I, I'm like, mm, I'm not sure that was – the correct call, but you know what? You just have to roll with it and be professional. And, you know, somebody fouled out or whatever, and the team's booing, you know, all the fans are booing and you just have to kind of go with the flow. Um, but, you know, you are a game management uh, person. Um, you know, you are a part of the game management. So you definitely want to remain professional and remain neutral. Um, now, what I do at Ohio State is a little different. Um, for the Ohio State uh, lineups, and I can be a little bit more excitable because it's a home game. But if it's a neutral game or on a neutral site, uh, you, you definitely have to be neutral. Um, and sometimes I do get excited. You know, that that last second shot that Arike had, I, I was like, I almost kind of like forgot what I was doing because I'm watching this game and I'm, because that's the hardest part about a PA announcer is, you know, you watch the game, but you don't watch the game. You watch the game differently. And so a lot of the games that I announce, I will DVR and I will go home and I will watch the game because, you know, you can't really enjoy the game when you're announcing. You can to some, to some standpoint, but you got to be in the moment and you got to be in the game. And it's hard sometimes to not be a fan and to not 
just, you know, and just sit there and watch what's going on. And you're like, hey, you're announcing this game, you know. Um, so sometimes it's hard, but, you know, I try to try to do my best at that. But at the final four that year, you know, I'm sitting there and I'm like, you know, watching the game as a fan and that shot. And I was like, oh, I, I need to make an announcement. You know, it's just like you're in yeah. the moment and um, just a lot of fun. Well, and I can kind of testify with that, too, for my role with Bradley Women's Basketball. I worked for them for the past three years, then did TV at Western Illinois for a year. And that first game back at Bradley, not as a PA announcer, kind of speaking to you're watching a game differently, I had to at least sit in the first chair right behind the PA announcer's chair because I was still trying to get used to not watching the game as an announcer. And kind of like you're talking about uh, watching the replays of the games, I think that's something that a lot of announcers uh, can do if the games that they've worked are streamed in some way, shape, or form because you can learn from that too, uh, for sure. I want to get into the kind of fun, et cetera, section of the questions, if you will. And one fun one that I think always gets unique answers out of everyone is, if public address announcer was not part of your job resume, what do you think would be there in its place? Wow. If public address announcing was not part of what I do, what would I replace it with? Yeah. Hmm. Well, I love sports, so um, something in sports, maybe a coach. Um, I used to coach my niece's softball team back in the day. Um, you know, maybe, um, yeah, probably maybe a coach or probably something to do with like a sports information department, you know, working with public relations or working in marketing or something like that with a sports team, um, you know, I think that would be, that would be fun. Um, but you know, it's, that's a hard question because, you know, I've been doing this since 1986 and it's 2020. So for more than half my life, you know, I have been a PA announcer. Um, so I can't really imagine not doing that. Um, but what are some of the other answers that you have uh, gotten for that question? What, what's the most unique answer that you've gotten for that question from other people? Well, Mike B. with the Miami Heat back in episode five talked about how he had gotten hurt while playing basketball and asked his coach to announce the game since he was hurt. And I asked him, I said, so if that injury doesn't happen, you're not 30 years into your time with the Miami Heat, what happens? And he was already working in, I believe, insurance, he said, uh, prior to this announcing thing really kicking off for him. So he said, I probably would have just stayed with the insurance uh, realm of things. But it is kind of crazy when you think about it. Like, if you don't get hurt, you know, you know what happens there. And you know, it's, it's crazy to think about that sometimes, for sure. I want to close with this and this I think is more of a serious question but you can also deem it fun however you so choose you touched on it lightly earlier about the somewhat of a lack of women's public address announcers I think that's pretty safe to say that that's a thing in this industry what would be sort of your words for encouragement for a young lady my age ish or maybe even older that's just getting into this industry in terms of encouraging them to want this to be a job of theirs? 
Yeah, well, um, you know, I definitely think that, you know, I, I don't really know. I, I don't know why there's not uh, more women. Um, it's, um, you know, I would think that the advice that I would give to somebody is, um, you know, if, if you, if you love sports and you are maybe you can't maybe play sports or maybe you aren't good enough to play sports in college or something like that, then, um, you know, maybe get involved with public address announcing, you know, if you're a broadcast manager, broadcast journalism major or anything in, in that realm, um, you know, maybe, try to do the broadcast, um, the, the PA announcing. Um, so I, I don't really know. I don't really know why there aren't more women um, in this field. I, I, I'm not really sure. Even at the high school level, I, I don't know how many women there are, but I don't, I don't think, you know, every time I go to a game, it's, it's, it's uh, usually a guy. Um, same thing, you know, when I watch uh, basketball across the country, um, you know, because I pay attention to that. When I watch a basketball game, I pay attention to the PA announcer. I, I listen to them in the background, and I listen to their cadence and their nuances and their style, and, and I, I have a huge appreciation for that um, because, you know, there's some people out there that are really good, uh, men and women, PA announcers. So I do listen. I do listen. Um, and, you know, there are not that many women. So I'm not really sure. I don't know if it's because I, I don't. I really don't know. I, I wish I knew the answer, and I and I and I don't. But yes, I would definitely encourage all young women that are interested in this type of uh, job. Um, you know, and it's not a full time gig. You know, it's a it's a it's a paid hobby, basically passion. Um, but you know, a lot of people maybe don't know that these opportunities exist. Before we wrap up, one more time, Twitter, it's BTM Podcast underscore Alex. Facebook is BTM Podcast Alex. Next episode, PA Voice of the Maryland Terrapins, Matt Noble. So look forward to that. And one more time, Molly Haynes, thank you so much for being a part of this episode. We really appreciate it. Thank you, Alex, and thank you for what you do. I think this is a great series.